a one. Okay, hello, welcome to Johnny the Greek's Free Real Estate. This is episode seven. This week, I'm joined with a really good friend of mine from multiple leagues. Uh, he's a reader of my articles. He's well-known on IDP Twitter. This is Peter Randall on Twitter, at Peter Patera with two R's. Peter, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, good to meet you in um, face-to-face. I, I think we've... Um, actually, I, yeah, we've just mainly talked on Twitter, so... Yeah, it's it's always a little weird, right? Like, I mean, we've been talking on Twitter for gotta be like a couple of years now, and this is the first time we've like talk talked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool though. Um, yeah, so so I you know I mentioned this in earlier episodes. Um, I'm just you know opening up the books on this thing. Anyone I find remotely interesting slash I think is a like a good person to do this, we're doing it. So. Peter is the first of the league mates that we are doing on the show and a uh, really good league mate. So we were in the, the title game of that, uh, that super flex full IDP league last year on Yahoo. And man, yeah. that came, that came right down, right down to the end. <laughs> yeah, it was a couple of players here or there. And I was really surprised I got that close. <laughs> I think the average, um, score per, through the year i think you're quite a way ahead but yeah my team came good at the right time yeah well i mean i think you had joe burrow um as one of your superflex quarterbacks if i'm not mistaken and, and Mahomes. i i had the good set but right, it was right. Just, it, i think you, you you nailed the idp stuff more yeah yeah, no, it was still super close. It came right down to the end. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you're in a, a lot of the leagues we run, and uh, I, I assume you did the IDP Invitational uh, too? Yeah, I um, I, um, I, I lost – well, I came in – because Jonathan Taylor rested the last bye week, mainly, <laughs> I, I missed <laughs> – like, I think I made the finals and missed that first week. All right. Yeah. 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 That'll do it, man. He's good for a lot of points. So, uh, all right, let me, let me get this out of the way before I forget. Once again, this is a free fire zone. So it's, it's very likely that a swear will escape one of our lips at some point during this show. So just keep that in mind. If there are any kids in the room, consider headphones for them or yourself. This may not be safe for work. Uh, all right, that's out of the way. So, Peter, what have you been up to this offseason, man? Um, you getting into any, like, best balls or anything? And how are your rookie drafts going? Um, my rookie drafts were going really well until MFL changed all the defensive ends that I would, like, um, <laughs> set my hopes and dreams on. And then, um, yeah, and and I, I – the – I'm either in leagues that are sympathetic to the the idea of um, like pure edge, or I have commissioners who are like, "We do it the MFL way, or else." And I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so yeah. And in one league, I had the third pick, and I went with Devin Lloyd, and now I have heaps of linebackers and no defensive ends. So um, if, if this had happened two weeks ago, I would have been a lot happier. But um, my my other one of my other leagues, I well, in fact, that rookie draft, 
I pretty much got Devin Lloyd at 101 because that's how the league works. But then I got Alave at like uh, the 24th pick. <laughs> and oh, then wow. I got And then I got um, – I really, the, I think the third best running back in the third round. Like, and then I got more IDP. So I was pretty yeah. stoked with it. Yeah, you know what? You you bring up a good point here. So you know, last last episode I did was with Macri a couple of weeks ago. So that was before the MFL thing came down. And man, that has landed like not just a turd in in the punch bowl, but like a full on shit in in the punch bowl. Yeah. Like. What the hell? So, Daniil Hunter is a linebacker. I mean, we knew Joey Bosa was going to be, but Max Crosby, too. And then Thibodeau is useless yeah. now, too. Like, it's it's a total shit show. Everyone's freaking oh, out. Is, Thib- is Thibodeau one as well? He is, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, man. It has not been great, but... uh you know, it, it is sparked some conversation. Um, yeah, what do you how do you how do you think you're you're gonna handle it in your leagues? Like, you know, you said half your it's like split down the middle commissioner wise. Um, do you think you could convince them to do true position or how do you think that'll go? I think um well I think I think a lot of things are driven by self interest. And so right. if it doesn't affect people, it never really changes. So like I think one of the most vocal people in the group in one of my leagues, he um, he lost Josh Allen and Hassan Reddick. And so I've seen his team and it's as bad as mine. So I've got, I've got an ally for next year. Like I, I don't, I don't think we'll change it this year, but um, yeah, change is the coming. I think. I, I think so too. I have never seen IDP Twitter as pissed as it's been this last week. Like, uh, this is, I mean, this, these are huge league shifting changes. And, uh, I mean, yeah. you know, you, you could get lucky in a big play league where they're fine as a linebacker, but, but you're taking away four or five of the top 10 defensive ends. They're just gone now. They don't exist anymore. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's huge. I, um, yeah, I'm not happy. <laughs> but, but also, I'm, I'm also not happy. Like, I don't think I caught that Joey Bosa was going. I didn't, I didn't catch, nobody I listened to was inter- interested in talking about the MFL changes. And also, I like last year they were predicted like months out. Like, um, Gary Davenport gave us like, I think two months' notice about this is what's happening. But yeah, I don't think that happened this year. Right, right. And it was it was far worse this year too. Like uh, you know, Daniel Hunter, Max Crosby, Josh Allen, like that that's just, you know, huge change right there. Yeah. Yeah, so uh we'll see how that goes. But um all right, I guess I guess that counts for let's talk about something relevant. Um but but let me just ask while I got you here, what'd you think of the Super Bowl? Did you enjoy that Super Bowl? Yeah, um I I really like I, I go for the Broncos and Von Miller's my favorite player. So I, I wanted him to get another ring. Um, I like I like teams that take risks and like the Rams just um, torpedoed their next two years of draft picks <laughs> because they wanted a good team. And I like I was sad for OBJ, but he um he gets a ring and he had a really good first half and and then to get Donald like to get like McVay is like such a show off, but like to be able to call, okay, 
we're going to win this Super Bowl because Donald's going to smash someone. <laughs> and, and he did. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I told you guys that. That's really cool. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm with you. There are a lot of guys that deserved rings there, and then the, you know, Donald basically winning those two games, the NFC title game and the Super Bowl by himself on the yeah. last drives, like crazy. And and I heard like, um, not to take away from Donald, but I heard that Von Miller had three of his best defensive games in the um, first three finals, which is like. Like I think I think the Super Bowl fifty was in that top four, but like just really outstanding play from this um, guy who's getting on in years. <laughs> so I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Oh yeah, no, Von Miller had an excellent game, a multi sack game in that Super Bowl, and then um, yeah. What, so what what do you feel about him going to the Bills? I mean that that helps them, but uh, are you gonna be rooting for him over there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I um, I think I heard that he's one of the few people who's ever been paid three successive contracts at the price that he's got. So like, it's like yes, yeah, I really like it. Yeah, I like yeah. I like how he has I like how he has his edge rusher school, and he just yeah he um he seems to give more than he takes. That that's true. Yeah, really good guy. Really great player. Yeah, definitely worth the money. That that's awesome. And uh, we'll we'll get into the Broncos here shortly. But let's uh, let's start at the beginning. So okay, so you're over in in Melbourne, uh, I believe, right, Australia. Yeah. yeah. How yeah, the hell? Yeah. How did you Sorry. start watching foot? How did you start watching football in Australia? Talk me through that. <laughs> it's really um, it's funny. Well, my my dad was um sort of he was a church minister and he got paid he got funded by about six churches in the USA and the church that he was part of grew to a point that they could afford to pay him themselves so he was like he'd never met with any of the churches that were supporting him so he um he wanted to go go and meet them and just say thank you because they'd been I think they'd been supporting him maybe 10 years so um, we went over to the States and um, just I, I think we saw some college games in, um, where was it? Well, it was in Texas, but I forget which college. And then when we, because um, Dad sat next to this guy who ta- taught him the rules on the fly, we, we sort of started watching a bit of it. And um, our free-to-air network, ABC, um, played it like every week, just the highlights. So I think I watched some of the Bengal, like the Bengals um, forty nine. I think I, the Bengals forty nine ers Super Bowl. Oh yeah. I, um, I think I was like seven or eight, and then I just lost interest. So I, I lost interest for like twenty five years. <laughs> so like, so I got into rugby league. My my home team was really good. I moved to New Zealand, got into rugby union. My home team was really good. I moved to Melbourne, and Melbourne's addicted to AFL. So I thought I need to get into AFL. So and my team, I, I picked the team who hadn't won in seventy two years, and they won. So oh, then, wow. so then, but then Tebow came, and so I just I love the narrative of this 
guy who wasn't very good at quarterback winning, <laughs> like winning in like really strange fashion. And like, I, I, uh, yeah, I just, how is he winning? Like he, he doesn't seem to be playing any of the rules. He doesn't seem, nobody seems to think much of him. And he has this weird praying thing that he does. And um, <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah, it was really weird. And then they won, they won a, um, a playoff game and then he lost and his career was never, never happened again. But yeah. And then Peyton came. So I got, I got lucky. I, I pick up these teams that like aren't going really well. And then something happens and they go really well. <laughs> that That's awesome, man. Yeah. No, when Peyton got there, you know, that, that, yeah, they won that Super Bowl. It went to two, won that second one. So talk, talk yeah. to me about, about Aussie rules football and rugby, because I, I try and watch a little bit of that. If I see it on like sky sports or something and it's awesome. Like those, both those games are yeah. wild. Like, you know, what, what can you tell us about that? So um, I grew up in rugby league, but it's very orderly. So like soup um, gridiron, you've got four tackles to get 10 yards. Um, rugby league, you've got, um, five tackles, no, six tackles to get a hundred meters. And so, um, so, and there's not, there's the, the differing rule is there's offside. So you can't throw a ball forward. Nobody can be in front of you. Um, if whenever you pass the ball, so it's very line versus line. Um, but like, I, I think the college game, could draw a lot from rugby league in things like um, passing when you're about to be tackled, passing to somebody to your right. NFL has never done much of that. And it's not that hard to learn that skill. Um, I think I've seen it in college and occasionally in like those miracle um, kickoff return touch. Well, not kickoff returns, but like when you've only got one play in the game and you try and yeah. Or the hail Mary stuff. Yeah. But um. Then AFL is amazing. It's sort of a composite of sort of basketball and soccer and netball and all sorts of sports. So, and it's it can be quite dangerous because players can come from 360 sides. Like most sports, you know where you're going to get hit, whereas there's been some classic occasions where people were just blindsided and taken out. So... Just like NFL, they're really trying to crack down on head injuries because yeah. um, there's been some serious head injuries done. And some people really don't like the rule changes because it turns it into a soft sport in their eyes. But, like, it's probably better people not getting dementia. So yeah, right. And it's, it is not a soft sport. Anyone that's ever watched it, like, they're not wearing any equipment and, and they're going full speed across the field and just annihilating each other. And but what I always found the most impressive with Aussie League football is their passing ability with kicks. Like, like these guys can kick it 55 yards on a dime right into someone else's hands. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and not, like... And they're not stationary. Like when you see it, like you don't get to see this on television. It's sort of like the old 22 version. But like when you're seeing them live, they kick it. And the guy's like 100 metres away from where the ball's going. <laughs> but they just know that that's the deal, that that's where they're going. It's, yeah, it's, it's similar to quarterback play where like 
like we have a play and you're going to go there and I'm going to throw it. So. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Those are, those are really interesting sports. I actually, there was a point where I looked into fantasy for Aussie rules football to see if I could get into it. And there, I, I couldn't find like an app or anything. There was a website that was doing it and it was just, it was too much to figure out, but, uh, yeah. uh, it, 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 does that exist over there? Yeah, th that's, um, that was the sort of precursor to getting into fantasy um, football in general because um, the, the local newspaper runs, uh, it's quite a weird one because I've seen, um, I think Ryan McDowell, no, one of, one of his colleagues tried to run a league. Not, I don't think he was matching it off this, but it was the idea that anybody could really have the same team so you could just have a budget and you could pick a team to right. match the budget. And in, in AFL, you've got to pick 40 players. I oh, know. Yeah, 40 players for $10 million. And then you can draft, you can, um, it's just decided how much their value goes up and down each week. And you can trade to any player that you can afford pretty much. Yeah, and so then, salary cap, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah. And then I think they moved to a one where there was a sort of, you take it in turns. So everybody ended up with different players. Um, but yeah, I, I think I like being against 400,000 other people and coming in at about 20,000th or something like that. That was fun. <laughs> that That's cool, man. Yeah, that that's good stuff. Um yeah. So okay. So how about when when you're not you know playing fantasy football or fantasy AFL? What what do you do for a living? What's your nine to five look like out there? Um, <coughs> sorry, I am um, I'm a grief counselor and a social worker. So I work um two two or three days a week in a palliative care team. So I I help people with legal like their will, if they've got wills, if they've got powers of attorney, if they've got advanced care plans, which is new in Australia and I'm not where people just document what they want in a crisis. Um, and then I, what, one of the, my favorite things in the whole world is I run a bereavement group in a sort of a restaurant where we just eat dinner once a month and just talk. And it's so fun. It, like I, I started it during COVID where we were just online, sort of like on a Zoom call. And then as soon as we legally could meet again, because we're in lockdown, right. we, we met. And it's just a really lovely group because when newcomers come and the newcomer gets upset when they start talking, I don't have to say anything, but they say it's okay to cry. Like, like it's okay to cry it's normal like they're really good coaches it's so cool and yeah they're just a really nice um they're, they're still finding it hard like i think it's two years later but yeah they're still they're really cool um and then then some of my work is um we we've the we have a lot of bureaucracy if if you um need money from the government it's really hellish to get any of it. Um, and so I help people do that. Um, I sometimes speak at like community groups about just preparing to age. 
um, yeah, so it's a bit of a um, colorful job, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That's good stuff, and that's you know that's making a difference. That's that's um, it sounds like that's the type of work that you can you know when you go to sleep at night, you know you've done a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Some days it's also a bit miserable, but um, most days it's it feels good. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can identify. I, I can identify. That's that's my work too. Um, yeah, no, 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 no doubt. But uh, but that's awesome, man. That's really good stuff. Um, cool. So we're gonna kind of flap and flip and flap a little bit back and forth on some stuff here. So you mentioned that you're a Broncos fan. Uh, what's your outlook for this season? So I mean, they got Russell Wilson, and uh, I mean the the the. Jerry- <laughs> It, and Peter's P- Peter's getting over COVID, by the way. So every, I, I, I hope it didn't smash your hippo right there. But, <laughs> no, uh, but but yeah, what do you think? So they got Russell Wilson, but the Judy thing is not great. Um, what do you think? Because I, I we talked about this on Twitter like a week or two ago, and and you did not sound too optimistic. But yeah, what's your take? I I don't know how good. Russell will be and so we, we've got sort of a really hard 12 to 17 weeks I think we play Baltimore I think we play I think we play Kansas City twice in the last oh. four weeks I think we play the Chargers in the last week so yeah but also, I don't want to come across like an arrogant drunk Bronco, uh, Broncos fan where we're just amazing. We'll go 17 and one. No, 17 <laughs> and none. Um, yeah, so I d- and also our defense, we don't have the best, one of the best defensive coaches in the league anymore. So I don't know about Hackett. I- I'm probably more concerned about Hackett than Wilson. But um, I'd like to think we come in at 10 and 10 and seven. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I, yeah, well, I feel like, <clears throat> sorry, I feel like the uh, AFC West will smash each other for the next two or three years and the Bills and the NFC will just win Super Bowls. Like I, I just can't, <laughs> I, I can't see four <laughs> dominant teams that have to play each other twice a year or maybe even three times a year in playoffs getting anywhere (laughs) right that's a great point that is such a hard division that's probably the hardest division in football right now i mean um you know last year people were thinking maybe afc uh north um you know nfc west but but yeah afc west is super duper hard i mean the, the raiders made the playoffs and they added so much um yeah you know kc lost a little but it's still kc they're gonna be excellent uh, the Chargers were right, right there. They were, you know, a tie away from being in the playoffs. And then, you know, the Broncos made moves too. So it's like that's a bloodbath. And and KC may have lost some, but that means that they're all even and they're all smash each other. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, I I get I get it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um. Yeah, I could see that. T- Ten and seven wild card. That that'd be good, right? Playoffs. Yeah. Definitely. But but also being relevant again will be nice. Like having a quarterback that can win in in the clutch moments. Because we lost, we probably lost four games on like last last five minute errors or just just getting blown out of the water. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Br Bridgewater was a good game manager, and 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 Lack was you know super unpredictable. But uh, w Wilson's a winner. Um, you know, he makes good decisions. Yeah. So the I, I think I'm with you. The offense should be good. Defense a little more suspect, maybe. D do you think Bradley Chubb finally you know has a bounce back this year and shows us what he can do, or what do you think? I I hope so. I yeah, I hope so. But I um. He he just needs to stay away from injury. He needs to get on at the field. Um, I I think we're like Green Bay as well. Our special teams hasn't been the best as well. So I think we've got a couple of good kick returners. Um, yeah. So hopefully that'll mesh. Yeah, you you never know, right? We'll we'll see what happens. So. Yeah. Keeping with our bouncing back and forth theme here, so do you have a favorite short, funny, or interesting story from college, high school, or or, or really anything? We're just looking for a good short story here. If you got one, I thought of even two. One, okay. I I did very well in a maths competition, and like I got in the top of I think I got in the top point oh three of the country when I was in uh, eighth ninth grade in a maths competition that everybody did and i spelt my name wrong on the competition <laughs> so my, I've, got, I've still got this certificate with peeler randall and it's like no and, and all my friends knew but but my favorite story was i i had a couple of people in my life that were bullies and um one of the chief bullies uh we arrived in food economics a bit earlier than him and there was an like a half full Coke can just there. And so one of my friends just filled it with dishwashing liquid and then cradled it as if it was his. And then he put it back on the desk. And this kid went up to it and sculled it oh. and then realized it was dishwashing liquid and then went outside and puked and then got in trouble for leaving the classroom. And then we we said, oh, it must have been somebody before us and blamed another kid for the dishwashing liquid. It was like the perfect crime that he never knew. And he was he was a fairly awful person. So it was just it was a comeuppance. I, I love that. I love that. And he probably crapped his brains out too with, with dishwashing yeah. liquid. Yeah. I'm sure he did, and I have no sympathy. <laughs> yeah, screw that guy. But then what was funny was in the same home economics class, I, I made a wedding cake and we took a whole term to do it. And then when I'd finished it, I was taking it home and another friend licked it, like he grabbed it and just licked the whole thing. And this this bully who we'd um, put dishwashing liquid in, he was really outraged. He was like, how dare you do that? And in my mind, I was like, well, that's something you would do. <laughs> so, <laughs> <clears throat> so there, <clears throat> there was honor among bullies or honor among thieves. <laughs> that that's wild, man. Yeah, that okay. That that definitely counts. That's a good one. <laughs> how how many people were in this math uh, competition? Do you think? Oh, I think it's um, I think it's like every at that point. I thought it was every student in Australia. So it might it was wow. a fair few. That, that's, that's, that's why I brag about it so much in every format I can. Like, it's like, yeah, that's super impressive. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's really good. 
But a lot of my teachers were like, why don't you actually work hard in maths, you lazy, you lazy student? I was like, rats. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, it's it's got to be interesting, right? Like, if it's not interesting, I'm probably not going to put a lot of effort into it. So, <laughs> so, uh, what, so you mentioned you've got you've got two kids. Uh, how, how well? I mean, you told me off air. Um, how old are they? And yeah. do you guys have have any pets? We have endless pets. We we um we have, so the two children are two boys, five and three. Um, then we have two cats called Bella and Fred. Now, then we have three dogs, um, called Mackie, who was named after a football player in the AFL and Toby and Nala from the Lion King. And Nala is significantly bigger than our two children. And she's, um, she's a Marama. She's a sort of a, um, she tries to protect sheep and penguins and any any animal that you wanted to protect. <laughs> and then we have eleven chickens, and I can't remember all their names, but there's <laughs> they've started giving these little blue eggs, which is really fun. That that's awesome. Did you guys always have the chickens, or was that something? Because a lot of people did that during COVID. Um, the that that was like a trend. Yeah, we we went we got on that trend. So we got we got them during COVID, and then we're we're moving to a country town where we've been told that there's quite a lot of foxes. So that's why we got Mar uh, the Marama Nala. So it's been, uh, yeah. And then we've we've figured out that we also need quite strong fencing and netting, and yeah, it'll be interesting. That's that's but cool. They're though. really fun. Are yeah, that's that's. Sorry. Are you are you looking forward to that moving to the to the country and kind of living that lifestyle? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, it's actually about seven minutes drive from my work, and we've got our fifth five year old in a school where we can walk there. So it'll be a different it'll be a different type of life. That that's awesome, man. That's really good stuff. And yeah, it sounds like you're, you're planning for the chickens. And uh, what, what kind of cats? Uh, short short hairs, long hairs. One one almost looks Persian, but I don't think she is. She just has a really stately appearance, and she's <laughs> all black. She's all black and fluffy. And then we've got one that that I always wanted with white white feet, and she just gallivants all around our neighborhood, and she's the one that. Goes after birds sometimes and mice and yeah, she's cool. I used to walk around our block with the two dogs when we had them, and the cat would just follow me around the block <laughs> with, without a lead, which is really cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, the cats are great. I, I love cats. Um, we're we're actually going to be doing a cat themed MFL, my fantasy league uh, league this year. If you're interested, I'll send you an invite. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that Good. sounds fun that's awesome man so so how did i mean so the fantasy football that that makes sense you know your dad kind of helped get you into it but how the hell did you get into idp because for most people that's a pretty big leap you know what i mean <coughs> sorry well um i was I've sort of, I sort of got into IDP when I got into actual serious dynasty. 
So like I was playing, I was pretty much playing by myself in these ESPN leagues where everybody would draft and then disappear. Yeah. And so I'd be playing pretty much against myself and I'd still lose. And so, but I, I love just drafting. So I think I had like two or three email addresses full of NFL.com and ESPN leagues. And that's what's become so problematic because when I got into Dynasty, I still accrued more leagues. So I over, I overdid it. Like, and so I'm still winding that back a bit. But um, I don't know what, I, I think I met a guy somehow who got me into Yahoo leagues and he's had IDP as part of it the whole time I've been playing. Um, but then I wanted to, because ESPN was a joke, I wanted to pay for a league because I thought if somebody else paid, they would stick around and actually play out the whole season. Right. And so I got into a couple of MFL leagues. One was quite expensive. So I got out of that because I just thought all of them had to be expensive. And so now I've got a good balance of, um, I really like contract leagues and, um, yeah, contract leagues, but I, I think, yeah, I don't, I think IDP was there. And I, then I started Googling who gives advice on IDP. And then I came across IDP nation. I came across, um, the read and react. I, I, and then I just put together the whole family of IDP commenters like you guys. And, um, who's the other one? The IDP show, I, I even forget what yeah. they used to be called and it was only like two months ago that they changed. <laughs> yeah, big big three IDP, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I just started learning and it, it was it seemed quite fun and sp- and I, I like the nerdy stuff of like the numbers and um, just figuring out uh, who's more likely to like not get their numbers and um yeah, and it gets you to follow the whole game, and you. I like how it stops you just focusing on the Broncos, or like, so some some weeks the Broncos can win, and I can be really disappointed because my favorite <laughs> league will loss, and then the Broncos can lose, and I can be like, well, I'm a champion of nearly every league I run. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's that's so true, man. That's that's the biggest difference when you've got fantasy and with IDP too. It just makes it more of a difference. Is like there could be you know week seven Thursday night football. It could be like Jets and uh, I don't know who else is Jets and Jags or something like that. And it's it's just like oh yeah. god, I, I I don't want to watch this. This is horrendous. And but it's like oh wait a minute. Um, you know, I've got, uh, I've got, you know, Lloyd and, uh, you know, I've got, uh, and, you know, and Mosley's going to get like 20 right. tackles. And exactly. Kill someone. Right. CJ Mosley, uh, Jags are going to run the ball a lot. It's going to be great. Like, you know, maybe I'll stream corner out of here, like whatever, like it gives you reasons to watch these horrendous games that they force upon us every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah nice. there's not there's not any boring moments, but it also means that once you hit playoffs, it's like, oh man, nothing's on. I finished that's, all my legs. That that's a great point. So that that actually takes us right to our next question. So what? So when it's not fantasy season, 
What do you watch? I mean, we talked about Aussie league football and rugby. Are there any other sports you watch and what other hobbies do you have besides fantasy football? Um, no, like I've still, I, I like how you speak about completely going a different, like having far different interests in the off season. I, I think I'm still interested in NFL. So I, I probably try and listen to different guys. Um, I, I really like the draft. Um, I really liked being stuck at home during COVID because I've watched the last two drafts. And this last draft, I was back at work, and it was just terrible. Oh, yeah, I, I just got to watch none of it. Um, but it, like, I think walking the dog takes most of my time. <laughs> I, I think reading reading picture books takes a lot of like. I really like picture books. There's some really good ones. Like, they're probably some of the best artists and writers. They just. I'm not sure how you decide to go into picture book writing instead of like fan, like teen fiction or whatever, but there's some really good books there. Um, yeah, that, and, and you got two young kids, so I'm sure that takes up a, a decent chunk of time as well. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think um, the things I've liked, like I'm, I like music. I, I'm getting a bit back into that. I I, I used to read a lot of um, fi- like fiction. I really liked reading. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think most of my um, interest is oh, I follow politics. I, I like my Twitter is like a third fantasy football, a third um, current events, a third politics of both America and Australia. Um, yeah, and then I guess I like gardening. Yeah. Ooh, you Definitely. know what? I, I, I just got into that a couple of years ago, actually, and uh, haven't been able to set up my garden yet this year because I'm kind of like deployed in Ohio until like uh, July. But uh, but yeah, yep. I, yeah, I did like peppers and uh, different like um, uh, what are those called? Um, like sage and mint. Uh, wow. uh, yeah, stuff like that. What do you, what do you grow in your in your garden? Um, things like strawberries, um, like fruit, fruit trees. I try and I've got plum trees and nectarine trees. Um, yeah, a lot of like fruits and berries. Um, yeah. Nice. Nice. That, that sounds pretty good. That's, that's a fun hobby too, because it's, it's, um, it's not instant gratification, right? You got to put a lot of time and effort into it and it's a slow burn. Like you eventually get those rewards, but you have to stay on it every day. So it, uh, you know, reinforces consistency, uh, which is a good thing. But also sometimes it's like just the enjoyments in the doing it. Like the fact that you got six tomatoes a year is, is disappointing, but the growing is (laughs) fun. (laughs) <laughs> right i'm with you i'm with you it's the it's the journey not the, not the destination right <laughs> and the dirt in your fingers and that's it yeah. that's awesome so all right so switching back to idp here so so who are some of your favorite like early idps like when you first got into it who were the guys that you were like so excited to draft um I, like I think people like well Von Miller, 
and I um, even people like when you ask this question of other people, I think they talk about people in the far distant past, and and because I've I've started it now, they're like they're pretty much still playing. <laughs> 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 That's okay. That's all right. Like that's, I, that, that's why I like this question, you know, because it's, it, it's, it hits all different time periods. <laughs> like I really liked, um, well, I still like Levante David. I like oh, yeah. Cameron Jordan. Like they've, they've both won me leagues, like in finals. They're just, they, they produce and produce and produce. Um, I think I, I really liked, um, Buddha Baker, I, I think I try and grab him any like in any of my leagues um, because he's just he just tackles and tackles and tackles and <laughs> gets chased gets chased down by DK Metcalf and just <laughs> all the usual stuff. Um, yeah, like I think I, I like the Broncos, but they they haven't really been IDP relevant, so like. I, I steer well clear of them. Um, yeah. I'd, so, I, I mean, yeah, I hear you. Broncos, not as much lately, but Justin Simmons, I, I always try and get him, like, because he's, he's pretty cheap safety and pretty damn consistent year after year. So I, I like him a lot. And then I feel like Patrick Sertain's going to be, like, excellent, uh, especially with that division, just because everyone likes to throw the ball there. Like, that that's going to be a, a great corner this year, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, all right. Let me let me turn let me turn this around then. So, who would be on your Mount Rushmore of IDP grades then? Like, if you could only take four, only four people for a Mount Rushmore, who would it be for IDP players? Um, Homer pick would be Demarcus Ware. Nice. Um. I think, um, like Kukli or Kikli. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's been on. I think everyone's so far. <laughs> he needs to be. He needs to return just as a coach or something. Yeah, or maybe player like, yeah, run the water or something cool. Just be there. <laughs> um, like I, I think, um. Oh, Martinez, the guy who plays for New York now and used to play for Green Bay. Yeah, yep, yep, Blake, yeah, a super salad, yep. And then uh, Aaron Donald, I think, is just yeah. a star. That's 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 funny you mentioned that. He he has also been on everyone's Mount Rushmore because, man, he is something else, huh? <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's just dominant. Yeah, and that, and I understand he's like he's playing against two or three people every week, and everybody else plays against one, and he's like, "Yeah, I've just got to get past two or three people, and I'll still get to the back." <laughs> and he does or it. I'll just, yeah, or uh, I'll tire out two or three people over the course of a game, and and <laughs> they'll go and sit down, and then I'll be one on one with the quarterback. <laughs> uh, it really is crazy. It really is. So, uh, are, what about, are there any like guys you're taking later or sleepers that, that you feel like got a good feeling about this year IDP wise? 
Um, I, I took Chad Moomer really early, but I'll take him late if I can. Um, I, I think, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that because, I mean, J Jacksonville is uh, probably just an injury away from him seeing, like, really excellent playing time in, in production. Um, you know, and who knows how that shakes out, too. So I like that. It's a good stab in the dark right there. My um my second team is the Colts, and and I um so I think I'll go for Nick Cross as a safety, um and hope hope he turns out, um, yeah, yeah. They, they, I learned from one of the podcasts that the Colts just bought athletes, like. No, they just got these really athletic players who didn't have much of a track record in it, the NFL or even college spot, but they're just really athletic people. It's so fun. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's definitely an approach, right? Like I think Jacksonville did that too with uh, what is it? Trayvon Walker. Like that, that guy yeah. is not even close to a finished product, but they, they just saw his uh, measurables and were like, all right, let's do it. So yeah. 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 All right. That sounds good. So, all right. It's it's stupid early prediction time. So I'm I'm going to ask you, you know, what is it? Three four months away from the season. Who you think might end up being number one overall for each IDP position, starting with your linebackers. So inside linebacker, the the, the tackle guys. Who do you think is going to be the linebacker one inside linebacker this year? I think Roquan Smith, um, because. I think the coach from Indy has moved there, and so he'll um, get plenty of time to be the hero <clears throat> um, and hopefully get lots of sacks as well. <laughs> and I think the Bears will be tackling a lot. Yeah. Um, but, hopefully, but hopefully not because Fields is getting smashed, but <laughs> I just I think they'll need to tackle a lot. Um yeah, I'm with you. A lot of people have said Roquan. I I tend to agree. That's a super good bet. I feel like. What about like uh like an outside linebacker, like a pass rush linebacker, like the uh the Shaq Barretts of the world? Yeah, um, I think Rashan Gary will have a good year. I think um, I think Max will have a good year, even though he won't help my NF MFL teams. Um, <laughs> yeah um yeah the, the, those are good picks I, a lot of people have said tjy i mean i could see that but it's like he gets he gets hurt so much too you know like he's yeah. it's hard for him to stay on the field so uh is it Arius smith is back again this year too like he, he in he's the vikings on the vikings right it's yeah it's very so that'll be fun hunter and Zadarius smith smashing everyone and Oh my god! I, yeah. I think somebody's got, to, and I think they play week one. Like he goes up against Rogers weeks one, so that'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's gonna be wild, and we've we've kind of seen that before. Like when Everson Griffin was pretty solid a couple of years back. Like uh, when they have a twosome like that, it's painful for the other team. <laughs> yeah, I th I think somebody in Atlanta needs to do good. 
They it, haven't had any rushes, and they drafted three, I think. But that that's not an overall uh, overall tackler. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Atlanta hasn't had a pass rush since like the Carter administration. It's it's been a while, definitely. So so how about defensive end one? And and we're we'll go ahead and assume that we're using like Yahoo for this so we can include guys like Max Crosby and Daniel Hunter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um a lot of them are in cycle. Like a lot of them in are in groups where they they're up against well like they don't get much time in. So Brian Brian Burns is the young the young up and comer, but he's got like two or three people again. Oh, but Reddick's gone. So okay, Brian Burns. I, I hope will do very well. Um Yeah, I love that. That's a that's a great answer. Yeah, he's he's he had a great season last year, and you're right, with no Reddick, you know, sky's the limit, maybe. We'll see. And and they they may need to rush quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. How about a defensive tackle? I mean, this one, a lot of people say the same person, but who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, um, what's his name? Um, Buckner, because, Ooh. yeah, he, he that, like the NFC South just run, no, the AFC South just run and run and run, and he's he's there and, so Henry will run into him, and the <laughs> I, new guy I, from Houston, Damian Pierce, will run into him, and he'll just tackle and tackle and tackle. Yeah, I, I hear you. Buckner is a solid choice too. I mean, it's it's usually like one of three guys. It's going to be like Donald Buckner or like Cameron Hayward, m- maybe Quinn and Williams. Yeah. But they, yeah, there aren't there aren't many to choose from at, at defensive tackle. Do you know why Quinn and Williams has? Um, a lot of people I've heard have just unrated him since last year. Did he have a bad year? Like, like stats wise, he didn't seem to, but yeah, no, he had a, he had a fine year. Um, I, the only thing that kind of worried me a little bit is his playing time was not as high as it normally was, but he was banged up too. Like, so I, I'm not too worried about it. I, I think he'll be okay. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So how about safety? Who would you pick at safety one for this year if you had to bet right now? Um, I want Derwin. Okay. <laughs> he's had a year. He's well, and he's and he's going to be running a lot because he's in the division of throwing the ball a lot of, all the time, but. But he's a year. I think he's a year from injury, so that means I, I like the second year off injury year. Um, yeah, he had a yeah. he had a great great year last year too. If he hadn't have missed those last like two or three games or whatever it was, like he would have been safety one by a, like a mile. He was still you know safety one in most league formats with missing those few games. Like so, you know, he, he was had a really good year. So. So maybe I should also pick an outlier <laughs> because that was too easy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you got? If you if you got a, an outlier, who would you take? Um, well, why don't I even go a rookie? Yeah, the the Baltimore um, Hamilton. Let's see if he can do a year one top top um, safety. 
That would be wild. That yeah. I mean, he you know obviously a hell of a player. So yeah, it could happen. That that that's I like that. And he can play everywhere. Absolutely. And then of course the hardest. So if you had to pick a cornerback, who do you think cornerback one would be this year? Um. Well, I think um. I want to go with it. I know the rules again. Like rookies don't mean good corner but like the cowboys the cowboys corner was the rookie one last year wasn't he yeah well that was I, his uh that you know what that was his second year but he missed most of his first year so that that kind of was like his rookie year if we're really you know really looking at it yeah well i'll take a random rookie and I, i'll go mcduffie because i think again he's in the um division of throwing and so he'll just be like thrown at. That's it. That's I think it. he'll play the whole the whole game. He'll play, and he'll just be thrown at. That's half the battle, right? You gotta you gotta be in there as much as possible and get picked on. And there you go. That that's half the battle with cornerback. <laughs> and not because he's a rookie, but because he's a Kansas City rookie, and they've just had that as a weakness, and everybody will still think it's a weakness. Right, right, absolutely. No, I'm with you. And, and corner is so wildly unpredictable. Like, who the hell knows? Um, you know that that's that's a hard one to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, and then if you had to guess now, who do you think's going to be in the Super Bowl and who wins? Um, it's always hard because it's people that you want versus people that you think will get there. Like, I really want. Green Bay to win again um, because I like Aaron Rodgers. I like, um, yeah, I just, I think he needs to win another one in his career and he's getting older, but, and, and I think the bills, um, the bills will be there as well. Yep. That, but that's like, a, yeah, a lot of people have said that. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go on, go on. But I think if the Packers fall apart completely, um, like their special teams did last year, then um, it may be somebody like. Um... Yeah. Oh, the Saints. Ooh. The Saints could do it. Okay, that's that's a dark horse pick. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, their defense is solid, and uh, they they certainly fixed their wide receiver room in the past week or so. And they're and they're also playing in the NFC South. So they get um, Atlanta and the Panthers, right? And but and I think Winston didn't get a fair shot with his new like reconstructed eyes. So and the last time he was healthy, he dominated. So yeah, so the Saints. I like that. That's that's a good call right, right. there. And in the Kamara news came out recently that he's probably not going to get suspended till after this season. So you get a full oh, year cool. Kamara. Too. Those court cases are so strange, like fitting uh, fitting justice around NFL seasons. It's insane, right? Uh, but it, but it's something you got to monitor. Like uh, you know, I'm keeping an eye on Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Jerry Judy. Like it's it's wild. <laughs> and and I'm not going to comment about the what like the Watson stuff, like the ethical stuff, but just. The Cleveland Brown gave him a $1 million contract this year because they thought he would be suspended and they didn't want him right. penalized. 
Right. If I was the NFL, I'd just give him a penalty any time, but it has to be after 2022. Like, like it, it has to actually mean something financially if it's going to happen. It's just so, so um, cynical. It is. It is. It, and it's, it's, you know, it's money, right? Like they, they want the best um, product on the field and that's all that matters. Revenue, advertising, money, butts in the seats. Like they, they don't give a shit. <laughs> it's it's yeah. crazy. Oh man. But uh okay, I like that. And I'm with you on the bills. I am a thousand percent with you on the bills, by the way. Um I, I think you're right. AFC West uh, West beats the hell out of each other, and then you know, they might get two, three teams into the playoffs, but they're gonna be pretty beat up by the time they get there. And the Bills are they were so close last year. Uh they were close the year before, and they went and added Von Miller and and they, yeah. you know, draft drafted that that running back for depth and um found and a couple of receivers right right and they got the smartest cornerback he's so he seems so onto it yeah they got a really really good team so i i can see that i i um i don't i don't know the minutiae of the law uh, like in in nfl and so to hear after the um overtime loss that if the Bills had done no, if the Bills had done their kickoff and had it end in the field of play, that would have wasted ten or fifteen seconds off the clock. And to find out that they didn't do that, knowing that rule, was just crazy. Like it's a, like it, it's a main. It's there's some really crazy stuff in the NFL where people make decisions that are just really poorly thought out. Like they're they're million dollar franchises and they just make these like idiotic decisions. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Yeah, they could have squib kicked that and that that would have killed that clock and given KC way less time to work with. And then, you know, the Chargers too, one of your division rivals. How many, how many dumb decisions did they make last year uh that, that yeah. cost them a shot at the playoffs? Like unbelievable. <sighs> It's almost like you just need somebody to be the position of not making dumb decisions. That that's like their role. Like, no, don't do that. Yeah, and they can that... do it just throw a veto towel at any time. Like, stop that. <laughs> a veto. I love that. A veto towel. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. Um, all right, so we're going to shift gears a little bit here. So what are some of your favorite movies and TV shows? Um, my, my favorite movie of all time was Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 3, which nice. is like the cheesiest horror. Have you seen it? It's yeah, like, I've, seen, I've seen the Army of the Deads, yeah. yeah. Cool, it's so awesome. So many cool lines. Um, yeah, I really liked horror movies. And then I liked, I guess I liked all the Quentin Tarantino movies. Oh, yeah. Um, all the movies that I watched when I was young that I wasn't allowed and teachers <laughs> would steal our videos when we watched them at school, like, like sneakily. Um, oh, oh, but the greatest one is... <clears throat> Are you familiar with John Woo or have you seen things like Broken Arrow? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. Well, before he came to America or Hollywood, he he um, he was a really cool shoot 'em up um, movie maker in Hong Kong. 
And so there's a couple of movies called A Better Tomorrow 2 and The Killers that's just so classy. It's like choreographed shooting. It's so fun. It's almost playful. <laughs> and like the I think a better no the kill I think the killers was these three guys who went into a house full of the mafia or or whatever gangsters are in Hong Kong and just shot them all up. And it was so fun. <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't overly violent, but it was just choreographed, like flying backwards down the stairs, shooting. Yeah, it was it was amazing. That, that's I, a, I, I got, that sorry. sounds awesome. No, that sounds awesome. It's, so where where could you even find that right now? Amazon or something or? Oh, definitely. We I we used to hit up the local video store, but um, yeah, J- John Wu was just an amazing artist. And so, like, I come from a family that we didn't have guns. Like, my dad grew up with guns, but we never had them. I've I've shot a gun, but I'm I'm sort of a peace loving, but like I really love violence in movies. It's so fun. <laughs> uh, hey, I could get behind that, right? It's a movie. It's supposed to be an escape, and uh, you know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, what about TV? What are you watching for TV? Um, things like um, I really liked Lucifer. I really like I I um I grew up not really being allowed to watch things like Seinfeld we every time we lobbied our parents on like can we just watch one episode to see if it's good and then it would be the one where they like refrain from wanking for like the whole episode and so my parents were like you are not watching this this is the devil's work and so but like for some reason they like the Simpsons so I I love the Simpsons and I fashioned my personality on Homer because he's so classy (laughs) Uh, but uh, like I, I, I haven't seen The Office. I, I feel like um, I've been living under a rock, so I haven't seen enough of it. I need to watch it. Um, but I really like things like Lucifer. I like um, The Queen of the South, which is this lady that takes on all the drug running in South America. Um, yeah, just... We have Netflix, so we just watch a series. We've just finished a series of, like, this th- these three Korean women who are 39 just thinking about their lives, and then w- one of them gets cancer, and they just try and help her be the happiest terminally ill person in the world. And, yeah, oh, wow. that was – I'm really sad. It was 12 episodes, and I'm really sad it's over. But, um, yeah, I, I try and watch stuff that's, like um, – I sometimes watch stuff that makes me cry because I can't cry at work and my work should make me cry. So I need TV to make me cry. So yeah, I I rarely watch things like Pirates of the Caribbean or like action movies. I I just tend to watch story, story narrative stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what a good movie or a good TV show should do is move you emotionally somehow. You know what I mean? Like the, the best ones yeah. do that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a solid list. What would you, okay. So I'm assuming Australia has some version of the lotto, the, the lottery, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. What, what would you do if you won that tomorrow with the rest of your life? Hmm. Uh, yeah. 
It's it's a deep question. I, I think, th- yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and and I I sort of don't want to come across as less selfish than I probably would be. <laughs> so I think chickens <laughs> would be chickens would be on the agenda. <laughs> more chickens. Uh, yeah, more chickens. <laughs> I think I would have, I've always said that I would ask for help just because I I don't, I don't think I would do a good job of spending a million dollars. Like I I don't think I would get um, value for it. I don't think I would make any, many wise decisions without, (laughs) without shouting, shouting to someone. And part of me would like to be in, in like a property tycoon, but like, give property to people below the rate, like the local rates or something like that. Yeah. So, um, so it would be more, it sounds like it would be more of what you already got going on. Just, uh, you know, doing good things with it. You wouldn't be the type that would be drowning in, in strippers and Lamborghinis. It would be, you know, help people, you know, with property, you know, the less fortunate, whatever, um, things like that. Good things. Yeah. I, but again, I, I I want to visualize what I would actually do. And <laughs> so some of it probably would be for others and some of it would be a trip to um, France maybe or something nice. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think I would – I've thought about whether I'd stop work and I don't think I would stop work with a million dollars. I think I, I like what I do and I um, – yeah. It, it, plus, we'd go crazy, right? Like, what would you do with all the time if if you weren't, you know, that's a lot of hours to fill each week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, I think it's easier to spend a million dollars if you're not working. Whereas, oh, yeah. I can only buy so we can only buy so many chickens if we're only free on weekends. <laughs> that's true. That, that it would put a cap on the chickens. That that is true. Yeah. Or at least the cap on the time that could be spent buying chickens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, right. but like ha- housing is terrible in Australia. Like housing is really hard to have. And so it'd be nice to have just a couple of properties where, okay, you can live there and we'll just charge half or a quarter of the rent because, but you take care of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. It's the same deal here. The The housing market is an absolute dumpster fire right now. It's not great. Um, yeah. It sounds like it's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I got one for you. If you could time travel and see any one event in history, it could be personal, could be, you know, historical, global, whatever, what would it be and why? Um, oh, here's, I, like, I, I've been thinking about that question because I've heard other people ask it, and I've just come up with this. I'd really like to see how the pyramids were made. <laughs> Kyle said that, too. Okay. Oh, yeah, I so- didn't, sorry, I missed that one. No, 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 no. That's, that's because, <coughs> it, because it is super interesting, right? Because... It, it leads to a bunch of other questions like how the hell did they do that? And it's not like, 
never mind the heavy lifting mathematically geometrically how did they get it so exact like there's there's a lot to answer there <laughs> well that that wasn't the original take i was going for <laughs> i'm gonna go back and listen to carl's yeah um, no that, that's all right so pyramids what, what, okay give me one more one more one other historical event um I think in Australia there was this really cool, um, well, he was a criminal, but we, we all, like, believe in him. And he was a bushranger called Ned Kelly. And, like, that, it would have been cool to watch his last stand. but um, Or maybe even um, just his career. It, like, it would have been nice to know what actually happened and whether the myth is, is um, anything like what actually happened. Yeah. He, so um, he had armour. He had armor that he made out of like steel, wrought steel. It was like a gigantic garbage tin that he wore on his head, and <laughs> and and he was shot quite a lot. And it didn't matter because it was just protective. And then they started shooting his feet, and so that was it. Whoa! And, so so this guy was like, an, was... yeah. Tell tell me. Uh, let's let's talk about this for a minute. Who who is this guy? It and what happened? There, there were sort of they were like people who robbed stagecoaches in in the U.S. So they were bush rangers, but a lot of them, a lot of them, I think, were up against fairly corrupt police, and so they weren't always just out to get um, money. They were usually defending themselves. But um, but Australia sort of see him as like a national hero almost. Our, our we've got a um. We're, we're always trying to change our national anthem. And one of the national anthems that we could have is another, a song about a guy who stole sheep and instead of being arrested, threw himself into a lake and died. <laughs> so, like, there's, a, there's a whole lot of Australians who would love that as our national anthem. But it's, it's probably not the right spirit. Yeah, that's cool though i mean you guys do have a super interesting country that that's for sure <laughs> yeah uh all right well hey that's a great answer i love that um all right do, do you think that there's intel intelligent or alien life in the universe beyond us i'll, I'll tell you a story like i went to two um i used to hang out in new zealand with a first 15 rugby team, or like a lot of them. They were just part of a youth group I was in. And we went to two movies and I was terrified in, um, what was it? Maybe War of the, the World. The Exorcist. Oh, The Exorcist. Sorry, I was, okay. yep. I was terrified in The Exorcist. And then we went to the Signs movie Ooh. and these kids were terrified of the aliens. And I, I couldn't care less about that movie. I liked it as a movie, but I was never scared, whereas The Exorcist I was terrified of. And so I, th I think I'm more, in, like I'm more aware of the spirit world, like where people, go, where people are still around when they die, giving comfort or um, just showing up places. I, I, I think um, like I'm much more onto that. And even... It, I'm open to even evil stuff being in the background, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not really across alien life form. I, I I've just 
I haven't really looked into it, but I, I've not really seen it. Or, yeah, what, what, like that—that's in—that's interesting because I was kind of like the reverse of that a few years ago. I was like all about like, oh yeah, aliens are visiting, they're probing our butts, all that. And uh, but I didn't believe in the spirit world. But but I, I mentioned this in one of the other episodes. There was this paranormal investigation. This guy Orlando Ferreira did and showed us his evidence at uh, this Elks Club in Connecticut. And uh, I walked in, a non-believer. I walked out two hours later, a complete and total believer. Um, th this guy had evidenced EVPs, you know, the electronic voice phenomenons. Um, he had IR video of something they caught in, like, this little kid's room. He had stories, witnesses, like, the whole nine yards. I walked out of there. I was like, okay, yeah, there's there's something. It definitely exists. Uh you, you ever had any experiences like that, with like paranormal phenomenon or anything like that? I just, just the sort of, um, like all my clients, a lot of them talk about sensing their loved ones um, or, or, or finding things that they've been looking for that they believe their partners just put somewhere obvious. Um, yeah, no, I, I have it. Um, I haven't had the experience by myself, but I just, I, I believe a lot of people that I, I talk to. And I, I'm not anti-alien either. I'm just, I, I just haven't, I haven't heard it or read it or I, I haven't really known many people who've been strong on that they're around. Yeah, no, I gotcha. Uh, okay, so how about, how about this? So favorite football memory and favorite non-football memory. What do you got for that? Um, <clears throat> my favorite football memory was Cam Newton looking mystified when <laughs> Nella smashed him a second time. <laughs> and he was so mystified that he didn't get the ball. And one of our guys did. And then... <laughs> We got another touchdown. That was fun. That was because a it was great the first, memory. It was the first Super Bowl I'd ever um, took in a day off work, went to a restaurant and watched it with a friend, and it was just really fun. That was a it's so such a fun Super Bowl um, for many reasons. The Patriots weren't there. That was a reason because uh, yes. you guys took them out in the AFC title game the week before and that incomplete two point conversion. I still remember that like it was yesterday. And then the, the Panthers were so goddamn annoying that whole season with the group photos. And that's so good. Yeah. And the taunting and the running up the score. And then, and then they just got their asses handed to them and it was so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and they just kept on getting sacks and interceptions and, and they were against Peyton Manning, like the, the, the elderly, um, not, yeah, <laughs> he wasn't very good. Yeah, he did. He did enough, though. I, I think he had a, a two point conversion he got and, uh, you know, he didn't turn the ball over. He did a good enough job. Yeah. But, but but the defense was out of its mind that game. That was wild. Yeah. And nice. also Peyton Manning won the I think Peyton Manning won the um, Patriots game. Like he put he, up he did. two two quarter like two touchdowns in the first quarter, I think, to get that game started. Yeah, yeah, no, he he did what it took to get him there, no doubt. How, how about mm. fa favorite non-football memory? Um, 
everyone always I says think... getting married, having kids. You can answer whatever you want, though. I, I don't think your wife is going to watch this, so you, you could say what you want, probably. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll maybe it's a cat related story. Okay. So like so I'd I'd um I'd been dating Shy for quite a while and I would just tell her that I loved her and she would tell me that she liked me for like probably <laughs> seven or eight months. And I was like, <laughs> oh man. And then like I, I agreed to get two cats and we would share them. And she I was like, I was on the phone to the vets and I was like uh, um, yeah, uh, we need to book in for a cat, uh, like to for you to see our cats. And me, me and my, uh, and then she said, girlfriend. And I was like, yes. And then, <laughs> so, so the two cats brought us together. So that was nice. Oh, that, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. <laughs> uh. I, I would have shared a birthing story, but, um, your last podcast had one of them, and I, I, I think that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's you know, who is it? Josh, Josh, out of a uh, Big Three or IDP show said it was like a horrendous experience, and or maybe it was Macri. I don't know. Someone said that that it's it's kind of traumatic to watch birthing. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, but I good. think. Um... Oh, go ahead. I. There have been other things like I, I really like traveling. I really liked, <clears throat> I, di I did like the births. I, yeah. I, but yeah. Yeah. No, Not that's, that's, that's a good answer though. I like that. So what's, uh, I mean, you've obviously got, you know, a pretty hard profession in general, but what's something hard you've overcome in life and what'd you learn from it? Um, like my my wife's um, mum died um, five years ago now, and she and also I she would got sick, so we went to Singapore, and then um, I came back to take care of the dogs and cats and do work, and then she died just after I got back, and I made the stupid decision not to just go back because I, I thought, why don't I go back once you've been there for a couple of weeks? And, um, <clears throat> like, and then I would bring you home after, like, and stay a week or something like that. And I thought that was just a dumb idea. Like, I, I think, like, it would have been impractical to go back, but it, I should have gone back. Like, yeah, work, work needs to come fairly late in the, like, it needs to be a fairly low priority. And, um, yeah, I think, but like that, I think her deaths really affected our our family just because um, I think living away from home has been, was really hard on, on my wife. And we just, uh, she, um, our first was um, four months old when, when she died. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, what, I've, what I've learned is I should, I should have gone back to Singapore immediately or i shouldn't have left singapore i should have just made made um got somebody else to look after the cats and dogs um 
sometimes practicality, and I'm very practical, practicality just needs to be chucked. That's a yeah. great lesson. That's that's a that's a good point. And it's you know it's it's live work work to live, not live to work, right? Like I, I think we're all we all fall into that trap. Um, I, I'm I'm worried about what work is going to think. Uh, you know what does work need? Um, where it's you know it's just a job, it's just a career, like family, life. Those are the important things. And also, sometimes I, I think I just convinced myself, oh, no, she'll get better because that's convenient. <laughs> Something like that fits my plan. And, yeah, that's a lame way to do it. Yeah. No, that's 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 a solid lesson right there, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is this is something that Zmags wanted to throw in here, and I like it. It's a good suggestion. It kind of brings us up out of the Debbie Downerness of the last question. So, do you have any last words you would shout if you you're about to go out in a blaze of glory? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know that's a tough one. I I don't even have an answer to be honest with you. <laughs> Because, like, if you'd asked me what's some wisdom that I would like to pass on to a stranger, I'd, I'd have that in spades. But, like, you don't want to just give out wisdom in a blaze of glory. You want to, like, be triumphant or, like, you guys suck or take this job and shove it. Yeah, okay. So I, let's do that then. So we're going to take your answer as take this whatever it is and shove it. But, yeah, what would be a piece of advice you would give to a stranger? Like, I, all my job in bereavement counselling is to tell people that, um, sorry, this might be Debbie Downer, but, like, it's important that, yeah. like, you have the right to grieve. Like, in Australia, we get three days bereavement leave and people think that after the funeral that you just stop grieving. But, like, if, if you've had a sacred relationship for between five and 40 years... To think that you'll not grieve several days later is mythical. Like it, it's just, it's it's a whole life. Like it's a whole life. And grief lasts a whole life if it's done right. It's it's not as intense for a whole life. But like it just, there's a great quote and it's the cost, like grief is the cost of love sort of thing. So that if you if you love and care for, for anybody that if they die, you'll grieve, and you should. So, <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. like, I, yeah. No, that's beautiful. I, that that that's, I, that's I think great a grief. The way to avoid grief is to care about nothing. <laughs> so things <that> like <laughs> to not prioritize anything. Just uh, yeah. But, yeah. Right, and you can't, and you're not living a happy, fulfilling life if that's your approach. Is just I don't, I don't care no. about anything. <laughs> yeah oh man yeah that's some good wisdom right there i like that uh okie dokie so we're gonna do the hot water segment and then we'll wrap up here so this next segment is designed to perhaps piss some people off we shall see so what okay. is your what's your favorite platform and why so for fantasy um it was MFL until like Wednesday, and then <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's it what was... I mean. It's it's gonna piss people off. 
So I think it's back to Yahoo because they just they're good old trustworthy Yahoo. I I wish I'd got into RSO, but like my my um, dance card was full of other like fantasy platforms before I was really asked to go on it, and I was like too much. But if I'd started on RSO, I'd probably like it. Yeah, and they're they're having similar problems too. I I saw uh, on Twitter earlier today. They're they're you know they Thibodeau same deal linebacker, um, you know some similar stuff going on there, and and their fix was like. They're going to add a, a setting so that you can go in and manually tweak the positions, um, which I, okay. you know, you, you could do that on MFL too, but it's just like what you said earlier, you, you might have some commissioners that are like, well, MFL says this guy's a linebacker, so he's a linebacker. And it's like that, mm -hmm. that just causes more argument. Because it's like some of, some commissioners are really quite hard. Like a lot of commissioners are hard working, but you don't, you don't want to make them have to reinvent the wheel every year. Like, and there needs to be some leadership. Like, MFL has on their site, we don't recommend you use our position choices. Like, that, that's a cop-out. Like, you can't <laughs> write that. Like, you can't opt out of providing a position, like, position, anyway. I'd, I'm not a fan of Sleeper. I'm in Sleeper, but I don't, I don't particularly like it. I like Yahoo just because of the guys I'm in Yahoo leagues with. Um, yeah. But, but MFL is where all my, my, most of my meaningful leagues are. Yep. No, I'm, I'm with you. I did. So for redraft, Yahoo does it the best. No doubt. Um, it's, it's straightforward, easy. You can do it on your phone. It's got full IDP. Um, they've got so much good stuff. And then, yeah, MFL for dynasty. Definitely. And, because I, I think they'll fix this. I think they'll fix this. Enough people are pissed off that I, I think they'll fix it. Um, so wh while I got you here, I did throw you an invite to a league idea that I had for this upcoming season that I stole from, I don't know if you know Lamont on Twitter. Um, uh, maybe. But, like yeah, he's, you know, he's floating around. One, one of the IDP dudes is just out there. But he had this free agency frenzy idea, which was basically like, a super flex league with IDP, but only a couple bench spots. And it just forces you to make difficult decisions. Uh, I, I took that idea and I've created a league called free agent circus clown show or something like that. And uh, there are zero bench spots, zero IR yeah. spots, and it's full super flex, full IDP. So it's going to make you, you know, it's going to be painful. There, there'll be weeks where it's like, do I drop my quarterback? To, to put in another quarterback or do I just let them sit on by for the week? Like it's, wow. it, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be super duper painful and cause you to like really think hard. So I did throw you an invite to that yesterday. So if, if you know, okay. if you're interested, I'd love to have you. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. But that's on Yahoo. So that's, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that site too. So, all right. Yeah, so that, so that's a good, Go, go ahead. The one, the one I'm in with you on Yahoo doesn't have much bench spots, does it? No, only like eight or nine. But um, oh, okay. yeah, that's funny. yeah, yeah, that's you know, they, just because they, I think they top out at like forty-three total slots or something. Like, um, yeah, yeah, Yahoo, Yahoo's not perfect, but for redraft, it's it's definitely solid for sure. Yeah, definitely. 
so when when typically when you're drafting um like a normal league with idp what's your typical strategy are you like a go get linebacker first guy are you a go get defensive line first guy like all things being equal what's your normal approach i think i um because of the guys that i listen to i I can't take linebackers first and i can't ever take cornerbacks so I, I take <clears throat> I aim for a top ten defensive lineman, um, but but often when I when I listen to the podcast and they say punt the position, I often find that I punt the position too much, and then <laughs> I end up with like no safeties. So I really need to take context into um, yeah, I need to understand what's meant often because you still do need safeties at some point. Right. Right. And I mean, so I do, I do. yeah, no, Sorry. you. I mean, you've made some, your defense on, on that team last year in the title game was excellent, like super good. So, you know, you, you clearly, you know, do a good job, but I hear you. It, it could be tough to figure out the middle ground, right? Yeah. I And I also, I'm not a very good trader, so I need defensive ends and tight ends in the draft or I struggle to ever find them. So yeah, I, I um yeah, I I, I don't want to trade for defensive ends. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Okay. And what what are your thoughts on fantasy Twitter? So I mean I know you said your Twitter is not you know, for a lot of us it's all just fantasy football. Um not for me. Uh you know, especially now it's it's like as much cat content as I can possibly find. Uh, I'm looking for that. Uh, I don't, I don't want to hear about football right now, but you yeah. said yours is like a third football, a third politics, a third real world events. What are your thoughts on the fantasy side of that fantasy Twitter with all uh, the stuff that happens there? Like what do you, what's your take on fantasy Twitter? Um, I, I think I skirt the edges of, true fantasy twitter like <laughs> I, I follow i i i think i generally follow kind people <laughs> so, so like i i i don't have a lot of the material that's like slamming people or yeah i i think there's a it feels more collegial in what i what i read uh, a, a lot of people um putting out free content or reasonably priced content. A lot of people fairly, like, I've been surprised at how quickly people respond to me just direct messaging them. Like, like people who I, I wouldn't have thought check their emails, like that, that sort of stuff. And, and people give really well-considered answers to, like I'm quite, I'm still quite new, and I'm asking what could be quite basic questions, and a, a range of people have just said, "Oh, blah 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 blah," oh, and <laughs> ask anything you want. <laughs> so you know, it's really, really nice. Like, yeah, I, I've, like I, yeah, there's not many communities that, like, I, I like community. I like that feeling, and and I've found it it quite welcoming and comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think if you've got, if you're 
you know, talking to the right people, then yeah, it's, you know, everyone just wants to help everyone. Like I, my favorite thing, especially in season is just like the little strategy session DMS, you know what I mean? Like, like, Hey, I've got, you know, these three corners are available on waivers. What do you think this week? And it's just kind of like a brainstorming session like that, that, that stuff's fun. I I love doing stuff like that. Yeah. It, it seems a really generous space. Um. Yeah, that definitely can be. So, all right, sir, we're pretty much at the end here. Just a couple more. So is there anything that you want to say, anything that you want to plug, anything you want to talk about? The floor is yours. No, like, oh, thanks for having me on. I think when you're interviewing others, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I didn't feel up to saying to you, can I be one of the interviewers? <laughs> but like, but like, as as you're asking questions, I was like, oh, I wonder how I'd answer that question. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, so here you can see this. You're you're on camera. So right down here is the list that I created like two months ago, and you you were on that list. Cool. Yeah, my my, you know, I just wanted to talk to people that I enjoy talking to on Twitter. I think are interesting, and you know, that's that the whole idea behind this is just get to know everyone a little bit better and kill the time before week one. That's it. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed the others. Um, yeah, it's really been fun, and the the areas of conversation have gone everywhere, which is nice. Yeah, no, thank you, man. Definitely appreciate it. So. All right, we'll get you out of here on this. So, first of all, is there road rage in Australia? Uh, after COVID, it was worse than ever because nobody had driven for, like, months and they just came out and they were just like, I don't want to st- stay at a red light. I'm just going <laughs> to duck around you. <laughs> like, it's really bad. And And... Do you think that a significant portion of that road rage might be related to someone having to go poop? Yes. Yes. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I guess the speed that they did very likely. Right. See, I I am a firm believer that most road rage is poop related, but some some people don't agree with me. So that's that's my final question. Uh, Peter, thank you, sir. He is on Twitter at Peter Patera. And so it's regular Peter and then P-E-T-E-R-R-A. That's Peter Randall. Thank you for coming on, my man. No worries. See you later. All right. We'll see you guys next Monday in the morning. Have a good week.